Welcome, you're listening to the podcast Outlander Soul, searching for the soul of Outlander with me, Dr. Jamie Reeves. And me, Reverend Terry Menifee-Gal. Just be aware, there's going to be spoilers here. Well, we're back. This is um, the new season of Outlander Soul's podcasts. Yippee! <laughs> um, the TV show for this season has finished, and it is June 2020. And if you're, yeah... We're, we're here still. And if you're in the world at this point, you are on lockdown. <laughs> Depends on where you are. <laughs> if you're in the United States, and depending upon where you are, at least we are in Virginia. In still Virginia on lockdown. Are, but you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hello. So we're really, yeah, we're really excited to have Tracy oh, from Outcander with us. Da, da, da. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so super excited. Woo-hoo! You guys yeah. emailed me. I said, oh my gosh, yes. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a fan of yours. So, Well, we're a fan of yours, particularly this season. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I try to pay attention to kind of what at least a few people regularly post about um, episodes in the TV show, especially. But, you know, there's a few bloggers out there that I think are doing some really good stuff and so try to paying attention but this season you were you were on it like not you might have been on it before but I was paying more attention perhaps than oh um, thank you I've done in the past and so it was like an obvious we need to we need to get together (laughs) I'm I'm happy to do it I'm and you know I'm just I'm always happy when it's like someone besides my mom reading the blog (laughs) so just the fact that someone's reading it makes me happy. <laughs> You're so very lucky to have your mother yeah, read the blog know. is what I'm saying. My, mom. <laughs> my my mother won't even read the, the, she won't watch the show. She won't, no, yeah. I don't want my mother to listen to this and me talk about sex, I think. Uh, okay, so if anybody doesn't know who you are, Tracy, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do, um, where they can find your work, just in case? Yeah, so I'm Tracy. I write the blog Out Candor, spelled the British way, O-U-T-C-A-N-D-O-U-R, outcandor.com. And I'm also on Twitter and Facebook by the same names. My real life, I'm a veterinarian, and this is a... (laughs) My hobby, so. <laughs> Outlander's a lot of people's hobbies, so hey, yeah. that make, that makes complete sense, no matter no matter what. And it's always great to talk to somebody else who has the same kind of passion that, that we do, that gives yeah, this amount of time yeah. and effort and uh, oh, talent, actually. Um, I appreciate that. Because your writing is just really spot on, and to be able to use that for something yeah. that you love and that you find, yeah. you find your tribe of people who also love it, that's kind of really a cool thing. Yeah, about, I mean, within the fandom and within the kind of <laughs> ecology or ecosystem of the fandom, that there's the, there's a little bit of a divide between the people who are just like, oh, Jamie Frazier, oh my gosh, you know, like, you know, that kind of stuff. And then people who are just really who, I'm going to sound like such a snob. I'm going to say people who really intel- intelligently think about the show. <laughs> People sto- who appreciate yeah, the, the story, story, the story yeah. Yeah, more yeah, than yeah, they yeah. appreciate the pectorals, right? Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, and, and the pectorals are nice and everything, but 
but it's it's really yeah. good to get into like the in-depth of the characters to get in depth on what's going on with Bree and Roger and and you know really feeling as if you're a part of that right right I don't know a part of that family whenever you pick up the book or whenever you go to the series so that yeah that there is the heartthrob thing out there and I, well <laughs> there's deserved. nothing wrong with it well yeah. deserved it's no Mr. Hewen damn you work hard and it shows but um but but we're glad for your work we are very appreciative of your work but to take it to another level um Mm. is is rare in the fandom and so we really appreciate Mm -hmm. you doing that because it helps inform the work that we're doing as well oh well i mean i could say likewise for for what you guys do i mean you bring so much insight especially with your backgrounds so i think it's a mutual admiration here it's it's fun, you know. There, I, I used to read uh, Tom and Lorenzo. I don't know if you're familiar with those bloggers, but they, they used to do sort of a thematic analysis of Mad Men back when it was on the air, which I really enjoyed. Oh, wow. And then they did a little bit of it for Outlander in the first season, but then they sort of stopped, and, and then they didn't have it. So I thought, oh well, maybe I could, maybe I could try Somebody to do it. To. Yeah. So. Mm. 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 I don't think you just try. I mean, obviously you succeed, oh, and this you. is, yeah. and you've been doing it since since when? How long have you been doing? Your, uh, I started your blog? at season three. I'd say I probably hit my groove doing it halfway through season three. Sort of what material I wanted to write, but yeah, since season three. Wow. So when we we just finished season five, so that was what three years ago? Yeah. 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 Twenty seventeen. Yeah. It yeah. looks like. Yeah. yeah. And we don't know when we're going to be getting season six oh, um, because Never. of, as as previously mentioned, coronavirus um, has <laughs> kind of interrupted. Well, it, it's interrupted a lot of the um, production world. Yeah. So mm-hmm. even if it's being shot in Scotland and that might be open, um, mm. production in not. California. <laughs> yeah, production in California is not really open right now. No. And, and this is something else I think we should probably, well, it's probably not. It won't be apparent in the recording, but we are spanning half the globe yes. at the moment with me being based in the UK and Terry's in Virginia and then Tracy's in California. And f- for us to find even a time <laughs> that we were all awake at the same time and record was, was quite a small window, actually. We just need somebody um, in Australia now. and we- Yeah, we'll have the, the full globe here. I got a friend in New Zealand. Four it's amazing. Yes, I love us. it. It's great. Yeah. Yay, technology. Technology is yeah. amazing these days. Yes, absolutely. Before we before we start, let's let's talk a little bit about where we're going to be going with this particular episode. Where we'd like to start is kind of a recap of season five. That's the the freshest thing in everybody's mind. We've yeah. just been put through the ringer in so many ways. Holy hell! With yeah. this particular season, and I I think we need a good solid debrief with three people who have been debriefing for the past several months (laughs) so terry and i have been doing youtube conversations after each episode but tracy you've been doing posts um on blog and then talking to people on social media about their stuff so yeah what thoughts do you have about season five at this moment you know i i liked it i thought it was a really overall just a really good season it harkened back to a lot of what I loved about season one. You know, I walked away from most of the episodes feeling like, wow, that was a really good episode. You know, it's just entertaining, good storytelling. Mm -hmm. I I enjoyed the season as a whole. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I think they 
brought us in gently with the wedding, which was sort of like this happy, not very dramatic episode. And then they just, after that, it's just episode after episode of like emotional hits. But it was it was mm. well done, yeah. I feel cool. like they 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 spent season four kind of establishing the the home, right. right? The the happy home, establishing this, you know, this desire for all the family to be there. Yeah, and and then all and uh, it, Bree shows up and Roger shows up, and then they and and then you know by the end of the season, and then you get to season five, and that starts to unravel, right? Mm, yeah. The people that are family start to unravel with what's going on on Fraser's Ridge and the and the obvious coming of the Revolutionary War. So mm. you, you've got a lot of dramatic moments of trying to tear everything apart that they have put together in season four. Yeah, that's mm. a good point. Yeah. And I, I get that point a lot from what you wrote. So I, <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> Um, because a lot of the things that you, some of the thing that, that you wrote that I, I really found very helpful was kind of putting the season under the umbrella of this need for wholeness. Right. And, and home being a part of that. And I, I really love that because that kind of, at least for, for Jamie and I, and, and, and perhaps you understand wholeness in terms of a theological word called shalom. Right. The idea of peace and completion and, and well-being. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't recap episode 512. It was just one of those ones I didn't think emotionally I could sit there and recap and rewatch and grab the screen grabs. And it, cause it was, you know, it was a beautiful episode, but it, it was tough to watch. So um, what I did instead was kind of look back at the season as a whole. And, and you're right. It, when I looked back, it was like, well, this theme of wholeness really stands out. Jamie says more than once, you are alive, you are whole. And and almost mm-hmm. every episode, they they touch on this theme of wholeness. Is the big house completed yet? Can you be a whole man without a voice? Can you be a whole man without a leg? So to me, it just really seemed a melding almost of spirit and body that they were, they were aiming for. I can't pretend to know what the writers mm. ever intend, but yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's sort of thematically what jumped out at me this season. Well, mm. I think it, I think thematically it jumps out about the book as well. So you start yeah. with the gathering, right? I mean, the wholeness of this area and the gathering of all of the Scots, from the region to call out their names. And so you, you've got this idea of wholeness at the beginning right. of the mm-hmm. book that lasts, mm-hmm. in my opinion, way too long. <laughs> but, and I will never, ever not say that. Um, but, but, but there's this under, there, there's this whole, I use that term, that pun uh, intentionally, there's this, this whole push towards the unraveling of this region, but it starts with the gathering of it. And I, I think that the writers were very wise in pulling out thematically what that looks like. I mean, hell, there was a plague of locusts. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and, to, and to, to rip apart the wholeness of their crops. Right. Jamie can probably speak to this better than I can because I'm not the Old oh, Testament scholar that she is. <laughs> but, the, but the idea of, of... I didn't even know it was Psalm 23. I mean, come on, kid. <laughs> 
Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. You did. You knew it. It was somewhere inside of it. I quote it. I just did, was you like, oh, it's somewhere in the Psalms. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Um, yeah, so so I, I think that the idea of when you look at the Old Testament and the prophecies in particular, mm-hmm. which is really where Jamie's, you know, strengths are she, yeah, she really yeah. knows her prophets um <laughs> and the and the idea the idea that there's this there's this move towards wholeness the call for wholeness of hey you know you're you're not treating people right this is creating yeah. issues of unwholeness of ripping apart of tearing apart that we're, injustice, we're, injustice kind of the, is the opposite and you mentioned that, that quite a bit tracy and a couple of your blogs having to do with the injustices that Tryon and the injustices of Knox and how this tears apart the region too. So I'll, I'll stop mm. blathering. Um. <laughs> Not blathering at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the episodes that do focus on Knox a lot, the between two fires, especially sort mm-hmm. of examines what happens when we lose our civility, when we have this breakdown mm. of, religion or culture or morality if you look at it that way if you sort of interpret a lot of the episodes of this season that way you can see how we're leading towards the revolution because we we are having this breakdown we're having a a tearing apart of the the broader colonial fabric i guess well and knox too i I mean i don't (laughs) I, i was just thinking i don't think i probably would have given him a second thought outside of this conversation (laughs) but the epitome of colonial ignorance (laughs) you know like just in this in tryon i guess too but but you almost expect tryon to be because he's the he's the guy in power right but knox is the lackey like he's just he's not even you know he doesn't even really have much power but he still just kind of says all the things that you expect people who just don't have a clue as to what people are actually experiencing who you know stuff that they're actually dealing with and just spouting off nonsense well let's so, so let's keep in mind that there are there and this is going to sound really like i'm talking about current day there are injustices <laughs> on both sides <laughs> you know oh, oh god but but okay so but but the season starts off with the tar and feathering with the tar yeah. and feathering yeah and and with Myrta, and and we didn't like where Myrta went with this no. um but the book has what really happened in yeah. and this is a historical event that happens where they bring drag people out they tar and feather them mm-hmm. and tar and feathering is a horrifying horrifying yeah. thing to do to someone the question is whether or not that was a just thing to do Right. Um, and whether or not Knox felt like it was an injustice and that he was right in doing what he did. Right. So, yeah. and I'm not going to say that there were, you know, good people on both sides. <laughs> I won't say that because this is not good behavior, no matter yeah. what. But the, I mean, but at the same time, there isn't, obviously there's truth in that, but it, anytime that's trotted out makes then things on an equal standing and I don't. I don't think they're not really there is not an equivalence. There's not really an equality there. There's no basis for equality. If you've got that much power, you know, unchecked. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and Mm. Knox sort of represents, I I would think maybe a very classic sort of colonial view. You know, he's coming in, he's saying, Mm. well, we know what's better for these people. Mm -hmm. This is for their own good. 
They're going to hate yeah. it, but they'll, they, they'll love yeah, us Yeah, we know it's end. better for these people, and um, we know better. These these laws are for people's own good, or these lack of laws. and mm-hmm. and It's very parental. Right, yeah. Yeah, paternalistic, right. which the British Empire was very good at doing. Uh, not just the British Empire, but since I live in England right now, I can say, <laughs> I can say that fairly Yeah, easily. Americans didn't do that at all. No, uh, not at all, not at all. No, you're, you're absolved. <laughs> Europeans uh, in general uh, yeah. and people of European descent and, yeah. you know, have really proven their... Um, a lot to answer for. Yeah, they, they've proven their capacity to, to be mm-hmm. arrogant in this particular mm-hmm. matter and, and to commit atrocities in the name of, of, of matching their culture with what is moral mm-hmm. is, is really what I'm trying to say. And, and that's really mm-hmm. a lot of what Knox stands for. He stands for the authoritarian. Just mm-hmm. do it this way and everybody will get along. Right. With no, no paying no attention to sort of the nuances of the people, yeah. the region, the, yeah. What needs are there at that particular yeah. time? Listening. Exactly. Colonial, yeah. it, colonial power has never been about listening to, to the folks. Yeah. At the risk of, well, it's not at the risk of, I'm going to, I'm going to take us down another path if that's okay. Absolutely. Roger. How do we feel about how Roger was dealt with in this episode? How the Ro- Roger storyline? Oh, with the uh, in the season as a whole. Yeah, in the season as a whole. Yeah. So you predicted Tracy the redemption of right. Roger. That season four kind of left Roger in a not so great position. A lot of the fans didn't like him if they hadn't read the books. Just Roger wasn't terribly yeah, sympathetic yeah. character for some people. I think they did better with roger this season i still would have liked to have seen more like you know i think we got Mm. a little bit of a taste of what's to come and for his character and his career choice and the path he ultimately takes i don't know if we're doing spoilers or not on the podcast oh yeah we can do Uh, we we talk about the books so yeah we've talked about his call to ministry that kind of stuff so yeah i mean i think we saw bits and traces of it here you know he gives the Mm-hmm. eulogies and he sings and he he gives prayer and they might be saving that for next season too but yeah mm-hmm. I, I think i would have wanted a little bit more but they did better with him this season yeah tracy what do you think you mean terry oh sorry Shit. <laughs> i was looking at you you just don't know that i'm looking at you so 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 what's really funny is that when i was born my mom wanted to call me tracy <laughs> See, subconsciously, I knew that. Yes, anyway. you did. I, you know, I don't look like a Terry. I know this from, from many people telling <laughs> me this in you my life. I told you I was going to mess it up. Even though Apparently I've known I... you for years, I'm still calling you Terry. It's really okay. It's really yeah. okay. Um, <laughs> really, I, you know, just say, hey, you, and I'm, I'm there. Um, so, <laughs> oh, I, so the redemption of Roger. And, of course, yeah, yeah Roger had to be redeemed from season four. Because he does come off as kind of wishy-washy. And he comes off as not... Okay, let's just put it this way. He comes off as not Jamie. Right. Yeah, so bless him. Yeah, that that's hard. He's more complicated. And he yeah. has to measure up to the king of men. How do you do that when you've got a dad bod and you question <laughs> the world, you know? And, I mean... I, I, Everybody, everybody went on about his oh, dad bod. But can bod, I say I, I love it? I love, I love the dad bod. 
I do too. <laughs> I do too. I do too. <laughs> my husband's a dad. Uh, <laughs> he's, 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 you I know. mean, if dads I, look I like that, I mean, we should all be so Damn. lucky to have. Uh, <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And, and, you know, they, they were actually, they were actually body shaming Roger Mack. And he's really Ugh. not a bad looking man. He's a really Some nice looking man. fans are the worst. I know they really are. <laughs> so here's the thing. He, he's not Jamie. And people no. are expecting another Jamie. And there just isn't one. Um, mm-hmm. Ian's not Jamie. But they expect Ian to be Ian. And Murta's not Jamie. But Murta is Murta. And we were still trying to figure out who Roger Mack was. And I think that a lot of people were still trying to figure out who Roger Mack was, particularly Roger Mack. He was really trying to figure out mm-hmm. who he was in this mm-hmm. new space, in this new context in which all of his skills and uh, knowledge are completely useless. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that what what I wanted to see is what, you know, and I'm, I'm always going to say, sadly, because it's a broken record, what they did in the book is um, is Roger didn't really come back from that in this particular book. He doesn't really find his own until we get to A Breath of Snow and Ashes. Um, mm-hmm. he, you see hints of it, but Roger mm-hmm. never really saves the day in mm-hmm. A Fiery Cross. And mm-hmm. they wrote in, the writers wrote in where he saves the day. Mm-hmm. in this particular um, one where they were between two fires. Right. Yeah, with the plague of yeah. locusts. Yeah. And, and I, I didn't think that was, I, as far as the story purity of it, I, I don't think that that was necessary. I get why they did it for the fans who couldn't get over his dad bod. <laughs> so... <laughs> so... So I'm really quite interested in, the, in this kind of... Ian has space to, to explore who he is. Yeah, in Ian's way, Myrta as well, but Roger doesn't, and you know none of them are Jamie. But is it because, and I don't know that we have an answer for this, but is it because he's marrying Brianna? There is a higher expectation from fandom and people who haven't read the books for him to be Jamie two Like you know, like is is that what the expectation is? Because it's never been that for me. And, but also I recognize Roger's one of my favorite characters because he's so nuanced, because he, he struggles and because he's just, so is it just nobody likes a, a guy who's struggling? <laughs> I think, you know, he's a, in a lot of ways, he's like Frank as far as a character foil for Jamie. He's a 20th century yeah. man. Mm, that's a good he, point. And, and mm. so I think he has that going against See, him. Like Frank. So why do I like Roger, but I don't like Frank? Well, anyway, and then, <laughs> especially I think in 502, in Between Two Fires, where we're sort of looking at this breakdown of society, Roger mm-hmm. represents a lot of what is evolved about civilization. He represents religion and music and morality and pacifism yeah so Mm -hmm. i think he represents what we become uh he's america 200 years in the future yeah yeah, and so he's just out of place a lot in his in Mm. this century i think it would Mm. really help his character too if they gave Brianna a bit more to do. Mm-hmm. If they strengthened her character and gave her more to do, it wouldn't always come across Thank like. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I, I think we need to see them more as a team. I think we need to see her creating yeah. indoor plumbing and designing things and drawing up plans for houses. And yeah, I think it would really help. Which is what she does in the books. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. And it would help yeah. if, if Roger supported that, which he does. He does. Yeah. I mean, at first he, he's a little bit jealous, but he doesn't ever want to squelch her natural ability. He never really does that. Right. It's just a, hey, why can't I do that? You know, like he's, it, yeah, it's not a... But story-wise, story, yeah. story wise, what they've done with Ian is they've kind of made him almost buffoonish, at least when he when he was younger. Yeah. And with and with Murta, he's the sturdy sidekick, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But with Roger, he's a romantic lead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you're, that's always going to be the natural thing is to compare him with the other romantic lead, right. the... Yeah. So so they they aren't parallel. They aren't the same. And Roger is not Jamie. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you you needed a not Jamie, but I love the comparison with Frank, particularly with mm. the fact that Brian so, you know, there's there's all the psychology about, you know, falling in love with your father, the for women who who have their fathers in their lives, is that you you seeking out your father type of thing, which I don't know, might be a bunch of bullshit, but um, <laughs> she 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 seeks out her father, tech, you know, it f- actually seeks out her father, but she literally, ends up, yeah, literally, yeah. but she ends mm-hmm. up marrying someone who's a little bit more like her, her 20th Adult century father. father. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, and so he is a little bit more like Frank, although he's got, I don't know. He's more of a romantic, I think, than Frank, you know, he's. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think so. He's warmer. And, and, yeah. and, and, and has morals, it would seem. <laughs> So, Although I, I do think we are going to f- discover more about Frank. I, I am, I'm relying yeah. on Diana to fill in a lot of gaps in these last two books. I think there's more to the I, Frank I story so. than what we know. So, I, I think so. Um, I don't know if it's like a huge conspiracy setup or anything. Oh, I'm such a Frank conspiracy conspiracy theorist. Really, yeah. really. Okay, so so tell so tell me what you think. Actually. Tell me because yeah. Jamie is as well, and I'm like, I yeah. don't know if this is really going to be real. But yeah. okay, Terry's so like, no, he's just bonking everybody. No, I think it was all. I think he was. I think he was a spy until the day he died. I think it. Oh, I do. That. Yeah, I do. I think he, he knew everything. I think he. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to dive yeah. deep here, but. Yeah, no, no, no. I want you to dive oh. deep. Um, so, so, so did, but did he marry Claire as a setup? Did he know oh. who she was when they got married? And that's where Jamie is. So did, did he know that who she was and what she could do when they got married so he could watch her? Well, he's a historian. You think he'd come across it in his studies. You know, if you read the novellas. I think he obviously knew who Roger mm-hmm. Mack yeah. was because um, he knew his father. Yeah, he did. So yeah. uh, I think, yeah, like I said, I'm really counting on these last two novels to to vindicate my theories here. But I, th- I think he yeah. knew everything. And I'm wondering if the Reverend was in on it too. Wakefield. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I not mean, sure. why else would they go there to do, you know, looking into his past, looking into a particular line that right. leads to... Except the Reverend's like the 1940s version of Wikipedia. Just, just, yes. <laughs> Isn't he brilliant? <laughs> hey, Reverend Wakefield, tell me about this. <laughs> wow, la, 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 la. Yeah, he does know everything about everything. Conveniently, yeah. But then Franks did, yeah. Frank did too, I guess, yeah. 
Yeah, conveniently. Yeah. You're right. So, so talk to me, Tracy, about Ian, because everything is about fire in this as well. You know, right. I, I, there's always this walking between two fires. Right. It is the fire right. across. It is everything getting lit getting ready for the revolution it's a powder keg about to explode type of thing but Ian seems to hold two things at once he seems to be the the one who can hold two beings within himself he is the twin of himself two different things and Ian has markedly changed right since the last time we've seen him so talk a little bit about him and you know kind of where you see his arc in this particular season you know, I don't know that I thought specifically about Ian too much. I, John Bell did such a great job with his character mm. this year. I just, when mm. he came back, you really got that sense of from the novels how this sort of strong, quiet stillness about him. And I think John Bell mm-hmm. conveyed that really, mm. really well. But you're right. You know, he, he is walking through two fires himself just sort of his old Scottish identity and his new Mohawk one. I don't know that we we got a complete arc with Ian because we never really found out why he came back. And I think yeah, they're going right. to hopefully address that next season. So I think it's mm-hmm. I think he's unanswered still. If you're not a book reader, you don't really you don't really know. So I think we're still mm-hmm. halfway through. I don't think he had a complete arc as my is I guess what I'm trying to say this season. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think the other events sort of superseded his telling of, of what happened. And and obviously the way in which it's been portrayed is he's just not ready right. to talk about it, which you know makes sense. But I'm trying to think, even in the books the problem it the problem is usually we would say, well that's like that's in the next book. But because this season has done two books right. it's like, well, okay, so they made the decision to leave that one off. I mean, I know Breath and Snow and Ashes is a big book, but you know, it's Fire Across was right. too. So I don't think the size of the books necessarily matters in this case, but but yeah, they did they must have just made a decision of saying, Yeah, we're gonna talk more about Ian's story or illuminate Ian's story next season Ian is such a huge part of the books it's just he's such an enormous part Mm. of the books and his arc in the books is so beautiful I'm looking forward to seeing he and Brianna there's the moment where they're on the porch together that still sticks out in my mind Mm. and the fact that I know that he had asked he had offered to to take her hand in marriage to give Mm. um, a name to her child in mm. in the in the previous book and it's just such a beautiful moment where they're sitting she, she there are a couple of really great moments with Bree where she's with men who've considered her right yeah mm. are you talking about in the books or in the tv in the tv show, show in the show okay. there's a there's that mm-hmm. moment where she's with Ian and they've both suffered loss and they've both been hurt and they and and they they both really just kind of sit with it which is great mm. and then there's the moment uh, in her marriage, or I guess it was the wedding episode, where she's with Lord John Gray. Mm. If anybody in this entire season kind of got the short shrift, it was poor Lord John Gray. Um, he, <laughs> he's not really much in, I mean, he's not as much in the book. I don't think he's in the Fiery Cross um, at no, all. It's just kind of letters. letters. Yeah. yeah so all, I, yeah. I mean, I think he, we got a lot more than I was expecting. I we got a yeah. Lot, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Which I'll never complain um, about. Which was a prediction yeah. of yours, yeah. Tracy. Yeah, is that we got a lot more, we will get a lot more Lord John. Well, I than, think they'd be, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think using David Barry as much as you can is smart. You know, he's a fan good. favorite. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, it was like, oh, there he is again. Well, he kept, he kept <laughs> popping up. Down yeah, from he kept popping up in all the behind the scene photos, sort of preseason. And then he was such a huge part of their promotion. I'm like, all right, we're gonna get we're gonna get a lot of John Gray yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah, and he's yeah. he's awfully pretty to look at. Yeah, so he's yeah. you know he's he's easy on the eyes, and he's got this huge crush on Jamie, or he's desperately in love with him. Is is more of the the way of saying that. And then he had such a good last season. He had such a good season four, yeah. mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. the, the episode with him and Claire is so beautifully done. And I was just like, all he really showed up to do was kind of move the story along. But the moment with him and Bree on the porch, where it's a, I almost forced you to marry me kind of moment but you know there there was something already there and he's impossible not to like Mm -hmm. and uh and so is she in many Mm -hmm. many ways at least in his opinion and that's that that was i just really liked that relationship so what do we make of the whole news though that he's not gonna be a bit next season that he's done he doesn't really show up much in that book does he he doesn't show up in a breath of snow and ashes much he didn't in fire cross either And I don't know that they're going on beyond season six. I mean, everything's kind of up in the air uh, production-wise anyway. But the question is, I I don't know if it's the question of the fans wanting to have some season seven and eight as much as it is whether or not Katrina Balf and Sam Hewen want to do season seven and season eight. They're producers now. And Mm -hmm. they may want to be doing something more because they're – they're getting recognized for their features more than they're getting. I mean, they're obviously extremely recognized for well recognized for this uh, show, but mm-hmm. you know, Katrina uh, has been doing some major work with with features and, and in movies, and so has uh, Sam Hewen, and that is an easier life than um, working on a television show. A television show is very overwhelming and you're there all the time for a very long time. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. you, with a with a movie, you really can do those almost, not not at your leisure, you're really only gone for two months, maybe. Yeah. Well, I, unless it's especially a, a TV drama, you know, the, these premium TV dramas, it's like making a movie mm-hmm. every week practically. It it's, it's intense. It is. Yeah. It's, a, it's a lot of work. It is. And, and it goes a yeah. long time, so you're, you're spanning many, many months. And if either of them wanted a life outside of this, then mm-hmm. or wants to do other, you know, another project, they have to make it work with that television show. Yeah. And they've only signed on until season six. So I think that's going to be the question is it's not necessarily I, I think it's a moneymaker for for Stars Network, for sure. I right. think people... I think people bought stars specifically for Outlander after they saw the first two seasons on Netflix. I think stars would probably like to have another season. That's just my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's gonna they're going to have to cajole Sam Hewen and Katrina Balfe into saying yes, and they'll have to pay them more money to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I heard they mm-hmm. were contracted through season seven. But, oh, but really? to me, yeah, I, I mean, I could be wrong on that, but I don't pit a lot of weight into those contracts though because to me they really just serve as insurance for the network you know that their two leads yeah. aren't going to leave earlier than they want them to so right that most of the powers yeah network, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I i can definitely see them wanting to move on and i think the fact that we accelerated the story so quickly this season 
mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. hints that we're going to do the same thing next season. But I, what I don't think is going to, I think with, with David Berry going, and, and that's assuming he doesn't come back, right? But, which he might well do, I guess. Graham McTavish did. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so there is precedent for that. But I think what that would indicate to me, though, is they are not going to do a season per book. Not least, I guess, because Diana, I don't think we'll have finished no, the book. No, <laughs> We're going to be in a Game of Thrones situation. But um, yeah, because Lord John's too important later. Yeah, so. he is extremely important right. later. I can so. see them... I. I can truly see them giving him a spinoff, though. Yeah, yeah. I can too. I can. Brother they, of the Blade. Yeah, they, yeah. They did yeah, a lot. Yeah. You know, he was a lot of front and center promotion work uh, last mm. summer. I think that was maybe the network testing the waters a little bit as far as yeah. can he sustain it. Yeah. And th- there's a built-in fandom. I mean, they'd be they'd be yep. silly not mm-hmm. to. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and if they wanted to keep the, re- the viewers engaged, at least in the Outlander universe, that would be yeah. the smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then they would be able to find the extra money to bring in Sam Hewen and mm-hmm. Katrina Ball right. again. There, there are a couple of things that I wanted to kind of talk about on the season, things that yeah. I, I saw that were, that were kind of – that were special that, that, Tracy, you brought out. The relationship or, or the growth of Marsley. Yeah. I love her. She's the best. Yeah. And, and what I love is that Claire sees the potential in her and just Claire's presence of, of walking outside the bounds in this particular season gives women the permission to do the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and she, she just kind of takes her under her wing and it's just a I, – I love their relationship. I love the relationship that developed between Brie and Marsley. Mm-hmm. And I, I found that it was just – Marsley was just a – pleasure to watch she was I, yeah. I love what the show's done with her and mm-hmm. they've given her such organic feeling relationships with the other female characters which i think is mm-hmm. nice uh to me marcely well she's a tremendous actor oh she's great and and she's hilarious on social media i don't i'm sure you guys follow her i, <laughs> yes. I think of all the cast she's probably got the best social media game she's just she's just delightful but uh to me, I've always seen Marsley as like a Jenny 2.0. Yeah. Just like yeah. her personality, her temperament, who mm-hmm. she's married to. You know, Jenny's mm-hmm. married to a, a man with an, you know, missing a limb, and so is Marsley. And mm-hmm. mother of a large crew of children, just sort of pragmatic mm-hmm. and forthright and honest, but warm also. Yeah, I just... Mm-hmm. And they even gave Marsley some of Jenny's lines last season, too. You know, the I'll have a whole man or, or none at all. So I think they see her similarly, yeah. the writers maybe do. Yeah. Well, they yeah. need that no-nonsense person, the, the one that is going to be the stalwart uh, stand-by-you mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. person. And they, need, they needed that. What I loved is that Claire is letting her into her world. Yeah. And it's much later in the books where... Claire and Jamie reveal to the rest of the family exactly what happened at Craig Nadine. But um, I, I'm, I'm wondering what will happen the next season when we get Malva. Oh. And, 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 and is there going to be some jealousy? There would be great conflict if they were to bring in Malva as kind of the replacement and almost like a, if you have ever seen the three faces of Eve. I've, I have um, not. Or, or no. no 
Oh, 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 oh. It's a, it's a great old movie and uh, Betty Davis is in it and she's just, she's, oh, it's fantastic. But, but what it is, is it's somebody who comes to be, it's, it, it's a Malva story. It's somebody who comes to be as your apprentice and then they slowly but surely destroy you and take over your life. Yeah. Oh. Single white female you. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a brilliant movie if you ever get a chance to. Okay. See, I'm hoping we don't get Malva. You know, I'm, we have to have I'm Malva. similar in that not wanting quite the same Malva story just because I feel like I, I love it in the books, but I feel like she's a really misunderstood character. You know, people mm, yeah. like to paint her so black and white. She was she was just nothing but evil. Look what she tried to do to Jamie and Claire. But she was a victim of abuse and incest and there was no yeah, resources course, yeah. for her. I mean, who is she going to tell out on the ridge? I mean, where is she going to go? Yeah. She right. has nowhere to go. She's, She's just, just trying to survive and doing the right. best she can. And so, yeah. you know, to me, I always saw her as sort of this desperate victim but she's so mm. polarizing within the fandom so yeah i don't know i don't well she's like leary leary's extremely polarizing but you yeah. know what does what choices do leary, does leary right. have and how old is she when she makes these yeah choices? she's a teenager you know I mean, she, yeah exactly so, yeah i'll be interested to see what they do with malva's story um, we didn't get a lot of the other mm. ridge settler stories you know they didn't really develop the bugs they didn't develop no, too many people on the ridge this season if if any I don't think and they they probably just didn't mm -hmm. have time so I'm curious to mm -hmm. see if they're going to do the same with the Christie storyline the whole Christie family next next season yeah okay so then maybe we end on um you know Phantom always kind of complains when there's changes to the stories right um and so or changes from the books to the tv show so i'm curious what changes did you like in this season and not like what changes were were effective i really i liked what they did with the plot i liked the acceleration of the story i thought they hit a lot of the really big notes that we needed to hit I really liked that they brought mm -hmm. Ian back in to sort of mirror Roger's story. I thought that was, mm. I thought the Roger Ian uh, yeah. episode was yeah, one of the was stronger, good. strongest ones. I, 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 I liked the silent movie episode. I, I, I liked a lot of that. Oh, I did too. Mm. Um, the, I mean, the change of Marsley being Claire's assistant was not something I foresaw, but thought, that is absolutely brilliant, you know. Yeah. So I, that's that's kind of where I where this conversation was going for me was that was a significant change I think in how they've they've developed the character for Marsley that I was delighted with. I I don't know that they would have done that if they hadn't had such a strong chemistry between mm. Katrina and the woman who who plays Laura Marsley yeah. between Claire and Marsley. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I I think that they've just got such a good. A, a, a really good rhythm between the two of them and maybe the writers wrote around that and brought that in but I or, or maybe they were foreseeing what's going to happen in season six I mean that's more than I mean that would be the smart thing to do is to say look there's mm -hmm. going to be this assistant this is this is a great build-up with some with some good conflict I think they knew too how they wanted to end season five with the kidnapping and they needed to have sort of an organic way mm -hmm. of Claire being with Marsley when it happens, because I think it happens in the the whiskey shed in the in the novel. Yeah, yeah. still. 
when we Which realized that could yeah. have happened, but they we haven't seen them at no. the still. They haven't been working at the still together, so yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I loved what they did with Marsley's character too. So another change that I'm, which is probably a can of worms that we don't have time to talk about, but I'm glad Jocasta and Ulysses were not in relationship with one another, sexual relationship with one another. I was glad they made that change. No, I mean, I think they left it some, a little bit ambiguous, but I'm glad they didn't make it Mm -hmm. quite as explicit just because there is the question of consent Mm -hmm. with the power dynamic between the two um murtaugh keeping murtaugh around i mean yeah murtaugh yeah having him die in jamie's arms was a really good choice i thought yeah yeah Um, i agree with that i mean he he dies in jamie's arms at culloden in the books and mm-hmm. so we get that sense, but it was great for us to see it happen. We wouldn't have seen that otherwise. It felt more mm-hmm. powerful too, you know, because we we yes, got more of did. the relationship than than what we normally would yeah. have. So I think we felt that loss loss more. I think yeah, that, I mean that's been a change. Obviously, they've been doing for a few seasons now in the sense of keeping Marta alive and and having that as part of the story of Alamance. I don't know. At the at the time, I was like, oh god, I can't lose Marta and roger go through this with the same, you know the same episode dear god almighty i'm gonna die here but at the same time it just made that yeah that episode was just heart-wrenching yeah on so right. many levels all um, the shoes dropped just one after the other after yeah. the other and then and yeah. then you're like shit how many how many more shoes are gonna drop here <laughs> but that's that's a lot, life. A lot more I mean, are gonna drop yeah yeah that yeah, is life i mean i, I love yeah. the we're living the it right point now. of jamie's feeling probably the worst one of the worst he's ever felt he's grieving he's mourning but Mm -hmm. he has to push that aside to go find roger i mean life goes on i mean the Mm -hmm. you know anyone who's been through the grieving process knows that it's just life can't stop for our emotions and as much as we want it to but yeah particularly if you have to take care of someone else, right Yeah. yeah Yeah. Which he does. Yeah. Another big change, Roger and Bree trying to go through the stones and That's getting what I was oh, gonna say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I kind of like that. Um I do too. At the time I was like, wait a minute, they don't go through the stones yet. They're supposed to be a little What's baby happening? girl. What's happening? With oh a, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then but I thought it was a really smart device to say because the question would always be if Roger wants to leave and he always seemed to want to leave. And is Brie holding him back? And, or, or, you know, or why don't they just go because they don't seem to be happy? Or, or why don't they just go because to protect their child? Yeah. So, so that would have always been the question. It's like, you know where the stones are, just go. You've got, you've got the gemstones. Why don't you just go? So they do. They, they go ahead and they spring that trap. And then they say, no, this is where they belong. And so it's going to make the next, season when they actually do go back home even that more poignant to know that they have to put this this home out of their mind and that they're doing this to save their daughter yeah and they've they've eliminated that conflict now of should we go or should we stay and then it's going to be forced upon them so right yeah yeah yeah, and also the the practicalities that we need to find more gemstones so you know (laughs) I think that's going to be a plot (laughs) <laughs> that's got to be a plot season. point yeah that's got to be yeah. because then they've got to do something to get those at least four gemstones to protect mm-hmm. them as they're going through mm-hmm. yeah 
All right. Well, next time we are going to talk to Tracy about Out Candor and some of the things that she has written about Greek mythology. <laughs> um, so we're really looking forward to that because, you know, how really into stories I am. <laughs> so... So yeah, we are going to talk to her at in the next episode and looking forward to it. Thank you again, Tracy, Thank for being so on much the show for today. Me. It was wonderful. Yeah, it was great. And then we will we will chat next time. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Cool. Right. See you everybody. That's it for this episode of Outlander Soul. Thanks for listening. If you love what we do, a review, especially on iTunes, but wherever you get your podcasts would be really appreciated because it helps people to find us. If you listen and like what you hear, please consider supporting us financially. Just click the support us button at our website on outlandersoul.com. There's lots of ways to donate either via Patreon or PayPal and every little bit helps. Also, we love hearing your comments, questions, and ideas for the show. So we'd like for you to join in the conversation. So you can reach us through our website, through email, voice memos, or social media on Facebook, Twitter, or Tumblr. You can also contact us straight by email, outlandersoulpodcast at gmail.com. All lowercase, all one word. Or you can visit our website at outlandersoul.com and fill in the contact form. Thanks again, everyone. Bye.